Everyone dreads coming down with a bad case of the flu, but luckily there are some things that we can do to lessen our chances of contracting it this season. This is the Ridgecrest Regional Hospital Podcast. I'm Prakash Chandran. We'll be talking about the importance of hand washing in the fight against the flu. Here with us to discuss is Leslie O'Neill, RN, an infection preventionist at Ridgecrest Regional Hospital. Leslie, it's a pleasure to have you. So I've always assumed that the flu season was late fall into early winter, but I'd actually love to start by understanding the technical time frame that you define as flu season. Technically, we define the flu season as beginning November the 1st through April the 30th. That's a change from last year. Um, the end of the flu season was the end of March, but we're seeing flu um, later than that. So the flu season has been officially extended to April the 30th. Wow. So it actually goes for quite a long time, quite a bit longer than I originally thought. And and I'm just curious, uh, what causes that change in timing or when you uh, shorten or extend that time frame? Those parameters are given to us through the health department, California Health Department, as well as the CDC. And it's based on how much influenza they see and when they see it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the flu itself and how it spreads from one person uh, to another and how it does it so quickly. Um, Can you give us a little bit more information about telling us if it's in the air or is it from things that we're touching or coming into physical contact with? Yeah, maybe shed some light on that. Sure. Influenza is actually spread by droplets. So we get it person to person and um, it can be uh, things that we touch um, and then touching our eyes or our noses um, that allows the, the, uh, uh, the virus to get into our system. Um, so typically it can spread to people up to about six feet away. And um, the flu virus is spread by those droplets when we cough, when we sneeze, when we talk. And that's when, and in addition to that, we can touch a surface or an object that has the flu virus on it. And then, as I, as I just said, touch our own mouth, nose, or our eyes. And it seems like some people are more susceptible than others to it. So, you know, when when we come in contact with those droplets, some people may be able to contract it easily and others may be immune to it. Isn't that right? People don't typically have natural Im- immunity to the flu. Certainly what you're saying is true. There are populations of people that are more susceptible. For example, pregnant women. Last year, only half of pregnant women were immunized against influenza, but they are actually a very vulnerable population because their immune systems don't work the same way or as effectively when they're pregnant. Young children, older adults, and people with chronic diseases, those are all people who are susceptible. I know that people think that because they're healthy and they eat well and they're not in a population, like I just mentioned, that they have an immunity. But we learned in the flu season last year, in particular, since it was such a bad flu year, that even healthy young people contracted the flu and some died as a result of the complications of the flu, like pneumonia. So no one is 
immune, what confers immunity is being vaccinated against the flu. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is the susceptibility of pregnant women. My wife is currently pregnant, so I'm definitely on the lookout um, for anything that could potentially infect her. We've already had um, our flu shots. Um, but, you know, sometimes when I see members of my family or my friends uh, wash their hands, I think, you know, that quick rinse could not have possibly killed all the germs um, and those droplets that you were talking about. So will you please walk us through the perfect hand-washing technique so I can share it with them? I can certainly do that. First of all, the thing to remember about hand-washing is you have to do it often, and you have to do it with soap and water. Alcohol-based hand sanitizers, we call that hand-rubbing, can also be effective if, you're no, if you don't have access to soap and water. The best hand-wash lasts about 25 to 40 seconds, and you want to get all the surfaces of your hands covered in soap and rub the back of your hands, which is the most often missed part, between your fingers, a little bit of under the nails by rubbing your hand against your palm, just making sure that you do a really thorough job, and then rinsing your hands under the water. That's the perfect hand wash, but as I said, hand rubbing using alcohol-based hand sanitizers, but using those same motions can be equally effective when you do not have access to soap and water. That's a pretty comprehensive technique to washing um, your hands, and I can promise you that I don't always fulfill those requirements. So it's really important to hear the back of your hand, under your nails, the proper technique uh, for making sure that you're doing it right. Because... You know, most people don't realize that germs can live on your hands for quite some time, and that's no different with the flu. So can you maybe talk about how long a flu virus can survive on your hands if you don't wash them properly? Pathogens can live on your skin for indeterminate amounts of time if we don't mobilize them off of our hands. That that's, There isn't necessarily a specific time frame. It can depend on what's on your hands, what you've touched, how often you've touched it, and so on and so forth. That's why we say wash your hands often with soap and water and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth because it can stay there indefinitely if you don't, don't do something to get rid of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about the flu shot itself. So at this point, there really is no reason not to get it, but I know that some people are still apprehensive, which is frustrating. So what are some of the common objections that you're still hearing today that really aren't valid? We do continue to hear that there, well, first of all, let me preface it by saying this. Nothing is without risk. Walking across the street is taking a risk. In terms of the flu vaccine, there there can be uh, most commonly risk of local discomfort and swelling. Um, there can be um, uh, very rarely reaction to it if a person has an allergy. However, statistically, the, the dangers of the shot itself are far less than the danger of getting the flu and having complications from the flu. Um, what we hear are uh, relationships to, well, you know, the, the most common one, that there was a belief that it had something to do with autism, and that's 
that there is a, a lot of clinical evidence and research that has gone into disproving that. Others believe that their being healthy, as I mentioned before, will make them less likely to get the flu. But again, with the flu season last year, 80,000 Americans died of the flu and its complications. And that was the most deadly season for influenza in four decades. And those fatalities included the deaths of 180 children. So um, it's, it's important to remember that statistically, vaccination is still the most the best thing that we can do. Another thing that we hear from people is, well, the flu shots aren't very, um, they don't work very well. And, and it is true that the statistics vary from year to year in terms of how effective the flu shot is. And this year they're estimating, it, and we won't know this until after the flu season, but they're estimating about 50, 50% or so. Um, uh, however, it's proven that even if it doesn't keep you from getting the flu 100% of the time, you, if you do get the flu, your symptoms will be far less. The duration of the flu will be far less, and the risk of complications from the flu would be far less as well. Right. Well, thank you for sharing those statistics. And so I think it's important for everyone that I just recap this. The two single most important things that we can do to protect ourselves and others is to, number one, wash our hands thoroughly using the technique that Leslie has shared with us today. And number two is to go out and get the flu shot. It's really that simple. And they're actually offering the flu shot at Ridgecrest Regional Hospital's Rural Health and Southern Sierra Clinics. So either just set up an appointment or if you're already an established patient, just go ahead and walk on in. So Leslie, I want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing all these helpful tips. For more information regarding getting the flu shot, please visit rrh.org. That's rrh.org. My guest today has been Leslie O'Neill. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.